From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes the Dr. Nina Show with a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying their hidden triggers and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. Dr. Nina inspires us to enjoy the full spectrum of human experience we all deserve to live. Hi there, welcome to the Dr. Nina Show, Outsmart Emotional Eating. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland. I'm a psychoanalyst specializing in eating disorders, and I am here to help you break free from binging, body shame, and diets that don't work. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. And by the way, it really is possible to create a binge-free, happy life without counting a single calorie carb, or fat gram. So today, we are going to talk about the power of self-love. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. It is a day to celebrate love. And for some people, it is a special day marked by gifts, chocolate, flowers, cards, special meal together. For others, it is a day of sadness because they're single or they're unhappy in their relationship. But no matter what your circumstance, it is so important to show yourself some love, not just on Valentine's Day, but every day, every day. Because you know what? When you are loving to yourself, it really sets the stage for your relationship with other people and with food. Because when you are loving with yourself and you feel bad and you're kind and and supportive and loving to yourself, guess what? You don't need food for comfort, distraction, to fill the void, any of the things that it does. And when you are loving to yourself and someone comes along and they are loving to you, you're going to say, hey, come be with me. As opposed to when you're hateful to yourself and someone comes along and they treat you rudely, they criticize you, they ghost you. They just don't treat you with respect. If you treat yourself that way, guess what? You're going to tolerate that treatment. Someone treats you that way, you're going to be like, "Mm, you know me so well. Or, oh, let me see if I can change you. Let me turn you into a withholding person, into a giving person. And then you're stuck in an unfulfilling, unhappy relationship. You feel empty. Food fills the void. So for many, many reasons, it is so important to create a loving relationship with you. How do you do that? Okay. So first of all, I'm going to give you seven tips. Um, By the way, if you are on LA Talk Radio listening, you can um, just hold on. If you want to call in, I will open up the phone lines in a bit. If you are on Instagram, where I am also live streaming, uh, please feel free to leave a comment or question in the comment box. Okay. So how to love yourself, first of all, Embrace your individuality. Theodore Roosevelt once said, comparison is the thief of joy. Um, So individuality is a concept that's celebrated in our society, but in concept, right? Theoretically. Oh, be your individual self. Be unique. Blah, blah, blah. And guess what happens? Everyone tries to be the same. Um, So especially in this age of social media, when it is very easy to compare your lives, well, 
at least the life you see on social media, uh, other people's lives, bodies, homes, achievements, it's really easy to compare yourself to others and then feel bad about yourself. And by the way, uh, what is the saying? Um, when you're on online, uh, everything is not what it's supposed to be, meaning that often people put like take a thousand pictures and then choose the one that that they like the best. It's not a real reflection of their true lives, but it's the life that you are are comparing yourself to. So that's why um, not comparing yourself is so, so important. I remember once I, I, have, I have friends that sort of like they're always posting every single moment on Instagram and they were having a fight. Like we're at their house and they're having a fight in front of us and it was really uncomfortable and awkward. And then they're just like, oh, we should post. And then they, so they're having a fight and all of a sudden they're just like, and they're taking us like a cute selfie that looks like they're having the happiest, most wonderful time. No, they were fighting like cats and dogs. Okay. So don't compare yourself to what you see on social media. It may not actually be reality. It may be filtered in many different ways. So embrace your individuality by recognizing your uniqueness. And this can be tough to think about if you've been raised in an environment, as I think we all kind of are, where conformity is encouraged or expected. We live in a society that says, hey, there's only one way I mean, to have a good body. Although this is, this is, this is, <laughs> uh, my friend Kim is saying always filtered, guilty. But Kim, you do the, you do the most fun filters. Korean Kimmy does the most fun filters. So if you are uh, on Instagram, go check out her account. Yes, she does filters, but not in the way of I'm hiding my true self. More like I'm having fun with filters. That's different, Kim. Okay. Um, so, gosh, totally lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Uh Oh, yeah, there's only one way to have a good body, only one way to be attractive. Yes, that is changing. We're starting to see diversity um, in commercials and advertisements. We're, we're, we're no longer seeing that, you know, size two or size zero is the only way to uh, have a good body. Um, and we need to keep challenging this idea. We need to acknowledge and acknowledge and accept that we are all different and we need to celebrate our differences. What makes us special in all ways, physically, intellectually, relationally, what our interests are. There's only one you and you got to celebrate that. I often hear people who are shy telling me, oh, I'm shy. Like it's a bad thing. Like, like somehow you shouldn't be shy. Like somehow you should be just, hey, hi, just just full of confidence and outgoing as if being outgoing is the only way to be a person in this world. Guess what? No. If you're shy, hey, that's that's fine. There's there's no rule that says thou must be outgoing. If you're shy, embrace that. Be like I'm a I'm a like a homebody. I'm a quieter person. I like, you know, I don't like going to parties. I like going having like like four people at a dinner party. That's me embrace it, embrace it, embrace it, embrace it. So staying true to yourself means not just uh, not trying to conform to the expectations of others. It means like not trying to please other people. So often 
we give up ourselves to make other people happy. We, we, we somehow feel guilty. In fact, um, my, my friend this morning, um, I think it's okay that I share this. I hope it's okay. I'm going to share it. So she, she broke up with her boyfriend last year because it just was not a good fit. And today she said, it's his birthday. Like, should I text him? And I'm just like, what? Why would you text him? You broke up with him for a reason. It was not a good fit and he didn't treat you with respect and he certainly didn't treat you with respect afterwards. Why would you now call him? Oh, well, I feel guilty. It feels mean, right? So like my friend, many people feel mean and guilty when they choose to do what's right for them instead of what they perceive is the right thing or what other people would be, be perceiving as the right thing. And in doing so, you give up you. You give up you. You give up what's right for you. You give up you know, taking care of yourself to take care of other people. And that feels bad on some level. And boom, that's where eating, you know, comfort eating, emotional eating, if not full on binging, can become a thing. We have to honor our truth. We have to honor who we are. We have to honor the bodies we have. We have to honor the personalities we have, what we like, what we don't like, all of these things. Really, really, really embrace the part of you, that the, 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 the unique you, the perfectly imperfect unique you. Um. Kim is saying, I love looking at what we value and how that clashes with self and others. Yeah, we, you know, ultimately we, we, we have to be uh, authentic. We have to be genuine. We have to be who we are. And we, when we try to change that and we go out and we put on a mask and let's say that we're a, a shy person and, but we go to, but we have this like persona that we go to a party and we're like, Hey, how are you girl? What's, uh, and we're, we're do, doing the thing, right? Well, and everyone loves us, but you know what? They don't love us. They love the mask. They love the mask that's all outgoing and fabulous and hey, girl, but they don't love you. You're behind the mask. And so you don't get the love. You don't, you don't feel authentic. You go home from that party. You feel empty. You feel bad. Hey, what's in the kitchen? Now you can feel bad about what you ate, not about, you know, how you feel. So staying true to yourself also means pursuing the passions and interests that that you want and taking time to develop that what are your skills what are your talents what are you interested in and whether it's art music writing engineering any other pursuit doing what you love helps you feel more confident and empowered in your daily life and and when i'm talking about confidence in that context i'm not talking about interpersonal uh, outgoingness. I'm just talking about feeling good in yourself. That's what we want. By recognizing and celebrating your unique qualities and talents, you will gain self-confidence. You will gain empowerment and you will feel more comfortable in your own skin. And you are the only one who knows what's best for you and what's right for you. So really practice listening to that inner voice that knows your value and then start 
turning up the volume on that inner voice. Okay. All right. Uh, Kimmy is smiling. Kara loves being a mummy. Um, uh, and by mummy, I don't mean the kind wrapped <laughs> from Egypt. <laughs> She's obviously from England. She loves being a mom. That's wonderful. Like knowing what you love. And it's so funny as a, as a working mom, uh, there's always been this battle, you know, especially when my kids were younger between like the working moms and the stay at home moms, as if one choice was somehow good and one choice was somehow bad. You know what? They're just individual choices. Stay, some people love staying home with their kids. More power to you. Like, that's amazing. We need, we need to, to, raise children with love and understanding and compassion. And if you're staying home to do that, that's fantastic. And some people um, have to balance both or want to balance both. It's, it's your choice and embracing and loving your choice is everything. Okay. So the next, the next key to developing love for yourself is to be kind to yourself. Let me read something that someone on my I, on my uh, uh, Food for Thought community wrote. Oh my gosh, now I can't find it. <laughs> I can't find it. Um, I had it all ready to go and I cannot find it. But basically what she said was, when I'm going to find it. Um, okay, can't find it. Found it. All right. She says that her negative self-talk is so pervasive. She says things to herself she would never say to her worst enemy. In fact, she's realizing how much she does it and she finds it shocking. She also says she's lied to herself, broken so many promises to herself. It's hard to believe that she's capable of change. And yet she is hopeful. So if you can relate if you can relate to that, being super mean to yourself, making promises to yourself that you don't keep. And by the way, often those promises are things like, they're not promises like, I am going to really um, honor my inner voice and do what authentically makes me feel my most, you know, my best. They're usually promises like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to totally stick to my diet. I'm only going to eat this many carbs and I'm not going to eat sugar until I lose X pounds, stuff like that. And of course you break those promises because uh, that's deprivation diet mentality. Um, so that's why it's so important to be kind to yourself. Um, my affirmation station, I love my dog, my, my art traveling but I'm a very, very, very good writer. And I'm not doing it because I don't feel my voice and opinion have a place in my world. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. You know, my husband, who is a lawyer, but he's also a writer, um, and he's published three, two novels. He's about to publish a book about how to be a writer. And uh, this is something that he commonly sees. He, he, he has a uh, a literary reading series in, in LA that's been going on for 10 years. So he, he knows a lot of writers, famous writers, up and coming writers. And one thing he always says is that um, your voice matters. You have something to say. Your voice 
have a place, has a place in your world and maybe in the world. So believe in that. Believe in you. If you have something to say, then it needs to be said and it and it will be heard. So I encourage you to write, especially if you're a very, very good writer. Even if you're not a very, very good writer, even if you're just a writer, you have something to say, it needs to be heard. You matter. Your thoughts matter. Your voice matters. Your ideas matter. You matter. Um, oh, okay. So Marty is saying the promises she makes to herself are, I will lose X amount of weight by X date. Yeah. You know what that is? That is a setup for failure because it's creating deprivation. And it's also, it's like diets don't work in the long run for reasons I have recently talked about at length. Um, But uh, diets are about what you eat. They are not about why. And they are also about deprivation. And the experience of deprivation or the anticipation of deprivation always makes you want something more. And that is why those promises or intentions that we make about going on a diet always fail because it's about deprivation. And it's also about what you're eating, not why you're eating it. Um, Okay. So this is why it's so important to be kind to yourself. Uh, as as you can see, we often default to self-criticism, negative self-talk. We focus on our our perceived failures or our real failures. We 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 focus on our shortcomings rather than our strengths and our accomplishments. And this has a really significant impact on your self-esteem and your overall happiness. And you know, when you're mean to yourself, guess what? You may turn to food and start eating, overeating, or binging just to escape your own inner critic, just to escape that that inner mean voice. Because often when we are binging, when you're in that binge zone, guess what? You're not thinking, you're not feeling, you're just, it's like the numb zone. And it's sometimes the only time when you're not thinking the mean voice, even even for a, a, a little bit. And look, you cannot hate yourself into loving yourself. You cannot criticize yourself into feeling good. Being kind to yourself is one of the most important things that you can do for yourself. Yes, Kara, you need to tell yourself you matter more. You you know what? You're a stay-at-home mom. You've got to treat yourself the way you treat your kids. If you wouldn't say it to your kids, don't say it to yourself. How's that for a line in the sand? If you wouldn't say it to your kids, don't say it to yourself. I'm assuming that you are kind to those kids, that you are supportive of those kids. Okay, so obviously, you know, you got to change the, turn the inner critic into a friend, but this is easier said than done. Um So one of the things that you can do is start to recognize your strengths and accomplishments. Again, it's so easy to get caught up in those negative thoughts and um, focusing on what you haven't done or what you didn't do or what you're not good at. 
So acknowledging your strengths, your accomplishments, the qualities you like about you can really boost your self-esteem and help you feel confident about you. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like, uh, I remember someone, she, she got like 200 people or 500 people or some hundreds of people um, wished her happy birthday on her Facebook page. And she's like, yeah, but so-and-so didn't and so-and-so didn't and so-and-so didn't. So she had this mental filter where she filtered out all the hundreds of people who were like, happy birthday, have an amazing day. And she was focused on the maybe three people who hadn't yet at that point or didn't wish her happy birthday on Facebook. And she was bummed, like really bummed. She couldn't take in the good because she's focused on the bad. Now, this is an extreme example, or is it? It's often what we do on the daily. We look at what we're not doing instead of acknowledging what we are doing. So very, very important to look at where where the love is for you, where you're doing things that you're proud of, where you're achieving something, where you, what you feel good about. Because the more that you focus on that, the better you feel. Um, another important aspect of being kind to ourselves is focus on progress rather than perfection, progress rather than failures or perceived shortcomings. You know, it's natural to to feel discouraged when things go bad, when they don't go as planned, when we make mistakes, which we all do. But by focusing on progress instead of the total outcome, on our progress, we can see our failures as opportunities for growth, as stepping stones for growth and improvement rather than this obstacle to success. Um Marty just said, I realized I do gratitude lists, but they're always about other people or things. I should do a gratitude list about myself. Yes, indeed. That is an awesome idea. Do a gratitude list about yourself. One quick comment about gratitude. I'm all for gratitude. I think gratitude is necessary and important, but not if we weaponize it to, uh, and this is not what you're saying, Marty. I'm just as side note. Not if we weaponize it to make us feel bad about feeling bad, because often something bad will happen and people will tell us, oh, it could have been worse. Just be grateful for what you have. Just be grateful that, you know, it, it's, it's not worse. Just be grateful for the gifts that you do have in your life. Focus on that, which all that is, is dismissive. So gratitude goes after validation and acknowledgement. When something bad happens, when you suffer a setback, first you got to say, oh, this was terrible. I feel so bad about this for the following 10 reasons. This feels awful. You got to really express how bad it feels and then say, but you know what? I am grateful it's not worse or I'm grateful for this or that. Just don't use gratitude to try to neutralize your truth. Um, also, oh my gosh, I'm about to sneeze on live radio. No, I'm not. All right. 
Oh, okay. When you have a 165-pound Great Dane living with you and there's Great Dane hair all over your house and, you know, you're now doing a radio show at home, these things happen. All right. So it's also important to uh, watch the way that you speak to yourself. And that means speaking to yourself in a way that is supportive, encouraging, compassionate. Got to avoid the that harsh, critical, mean voice. Avoid the the avoid the you statements, by the way. Often we talk to ourselves uh, by saying, oh, you're so stupid to ourselves. Oh, you're so disgusting to ourselves. Instead of uh, using an I statement, often we can't say the things that we say to ourselves from a second person pronoun. When we say, oh, you're so disgusting to, our, to ourselves, to our reflection, <clears throat> it's pretty hard to say that from an I. Oh, hi, Betty. Good to, good to have you on the show um, or in the audience. Uh, often it's really hard to speak to ourselves from the I statement being that mean. I, I had a patient once who, who said that she had looked in, in the mirror that morning and she said to herself, like, you are disgusting. You are disgusting. You're disgusting. And I asked her to say that again from an I place, like I'm disgusting. And she couldn't do it because she said, ooh, that's harsh. She was right. right? The way we talk to ourselves affects the way we feel which affects behavior. So if you're mean to yourself and you're criticizing yourself and you're counting off all your perceived or real deficits, you're going to feel terrible. And when you feel terrible, yeah, you might just turn to food to feel better, to comfort yourself, escape yourself, fill a void, you know, all the things. So um Focus on what you're proud of about yourself, what you're proud of, your achievements, um, your, your choices. Focus on what you like about you, not about the behavior that you're doing. So often, um, especially people with eating disorders will identify their behavior as themselves. They'll say things like, well, I'm a binge eater. I'm a binge eater. I'm going to struggle with this forever. And I say, no, you, you are not a binge eater. You are not actually a binge eater. Yeah, I have a problem with food, they say. I'm a binge eater. I said, no, you don't have a problem with food. You are not a binge eater, and you don't have a problem with food. And that's when they look at me like, maybe I've lost my mind. And this is what I say. You are a person struggling with binge eating. You do not have a problem with food. You have a problem with uh, self-talk with encouraging yourself. You have a problem coping. You have a problem dealing with, with difficult things that happen in life. You have a problem supporting yourself. Benching is the, the solution to the problem. It is not the problem. The problem is whatever it is that you, that is the trigger that you then are using food as a way of managing. So very important to recognize recognize that. So really be mindful of the language that you're using to yourself. Avoid negative, mean words. If you wouldn't say to your best friend, you are disgusting. I can't believe you ate cake. Then don't say it to yourself. And if your friend came to you and said, oh, my God, I cannot believe I ate the whole 
pizza last night. I am, I'm like, I, I'm never going to change. This is so horrible. I suck. You wouldn't say, you're right. You suck. You're terrible. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You shouldn't even go out in public. You'd say something maybe like, hey, maybe there's a reason you ate that pizza. What's going on? Let's talk about it. And you also, if a, a friend of yours said, oh, I feel so terrible, I feel so upset, I totally screwed up my presentation at work, you wouldn't say, hey, I know just what to do. You feel bad? Let's, let's, let's get ice cream. So really treating yourself as you would a, a friend. Marty is saying this is such a critical distinction. I'm finally learning. It's not about food, willpower, weight, etc. Yes, Marty, it's not about food. It's not about willpower. It's not about control. It's about changing your relationship with yourself. That's how we heal. That's how we change uh, 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 our relationship with food for good, by changing our relationship with ourselves. And that's why you don't have to be in recovery for a hundred years or, or ever. In recovery means you're always having to think about it. Every day you're waking up going, okay, I'm in recovery and I'm going to keep my recovery. No, that's, that's, that's not what we're after here. I'm, I'm in favor of liberation. Liberation means you wake up and you think about your day, not your diet. Because binging or compulsive overeating or emotional eating or whatever it was that you used to do is something you used to do. It's like, I did that before, but now I've changed and I don't do that anymore. That is possible. You really can create a binge-free, happy life, but not by focusing on food, by focusing on what's eating at you. So be compassionate, be understanding, be kind, treat yourself with the same generosity and spirit and understanding that you would extend to a friend or a loved one. Acknowledge your feelings instead of ignoring or dismissing them or uh, gratituding them away or positive thinking them away. Be patient with yourself. And remember, we're all human. We are all perfectly imperfect. That's what makes life interesting in my book. Um, another aspect of being kind to ourselves is to set realistic expectations. Avoid setting yourself up for failure. And that means not setting overly high goals right away or um it's it, it what do i mean by this it's not like 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 someone who wants to run a marathon when you run a marathon if you expect yourself to, to go like run a marathon you're going to be disappointed because no one can decide to run a marathon that they've never run a marathon before and go out and and run 26 miles it's just not going to happen so what you have to do when you want to run a marathon is say okay you know what I am going to run one mile tomorrow. And I'm going to run a mile every every day this week. Next week, I'm going to run a mile and a half. And you build up. So the goal is running a mile. The, ro the goal is not running the marathon. The ultimate goal is, the ultimate achievement is, is the marathon. But the goal is the manageable step that you can take. Right? So you know, be realistic with yourself and focus on those smaller achievable steps that lead you to your ultimate goal. Um, 
And also, you know, like my, my, like my friend was saying this morning, should I, should I, you know, should I wish my ex-boyfriend who I don't really care for happy birthday? Cause that's the right thing to do. Hmm. Question those things. Listen to your voice. Don't take on too much. Don't feel like you've got to please other people or live up to some societal expectation that makes you feel bad. Be kind and make kindness and self-compassion a priority today and every day. Okay. So what's next? Practicing self-care. All right. So funny, ironic, and slightly sad story. I once had a, um, a patient who said to me that she was the, the self-described queen of self-care. She said, I am the queen of self-care. Why do I feel so bad? Why am I still binge eating? So, well, what do you mean? You know, your highness, how are you the queen of self-care? And she tells me, oh, well, I'm the queen of self-care because I, you know, I, I, I get my nails, I get many petties done, I get massages, I get my hair blown out every week, I get facials, I get my, I, all, all the things. She said, I, I'm, uh, that's why I'm the queen of self-care. And I said, well, that's not self-care. That is actually grooming, right? Self-care is the care of yourself. And your body is not the only self you have. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? What other self is there? So self-care is more than caring, is caring for your body. Um, you know, we live in a fast-paced world and lots of us are caught up in all the things we have to do. Work, family, all kinds of responsibilities, animals, relatives, all, you know, children, friends. It leaves us little time to focus on our own needs. And this leads to stress, to exhaustion and burnout. And that can impact your, your health, your happiness, your relationships. Um, and then if you're depleted because you're taking care of everyone else and everything's going out, you're giving and giving and giving all your energy, all your care is just going to other people. It leaves you empty. And then food can be the only thing that actually comes in and fills you literally and symbolically. These feelings of emptiness can be symbolically filled by binging, filling the void. Um, yes, uh, Shaheen, am I saying you're, am I pronouncing that? Right. We definitely need to be free from the societal pressure, um, which is sometimes overt and sometimes subtle. We come from Israel and there's a largely fat, large, it's fat phobic. Yeah, I, you know, I, I live in L.A. and um, I have a lot of Israeli. I've seen a lot of Israelis or children of Israelis and certainly know about the, the culture in Israel, which definitely mirrors the culture in America, which is, it's, it's, it's so sad. Look, it's this illusion that changing our bodies 
can make us better people. This is the impact of the $60 billion diet industry and the wellness industry that says, hey, lose weight and be a better person. Lose weight and be a happier person. Lose weight and feel better than other people. Um, uh, if, if you're this if you're if you're this big, you're somehow superior. If you weigh this, you're somehow better. This is the 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 absolute junk that the diet industry has been selling for decades. And we do need to to uh, band together and challenge this, challenge this idea. Last week, I did a, a whole episode about dieting and why dieting doesn't work. And uh, I talked about this more, but it's it's just an illusion. Um, and it's so destructive to us. We have, uh, you know, it's, it's reduced, pardon the expression, you know, it's reduced intelligent, vibrant, vital people into talking about things like, like macros, you know, you go out to lunch and, and, and I, sometimes I, i I listen to other people sometimes. I'm who doesn't like I, I'm sitting there. I can't help it. They're right there. I hear what they're saying, and they're talking about things like as they're eating. Oh well, I can eat this because I worked out, or oh, I can't believe how bad I'm being. I'm just definitely going to go to the gym later, or things like that. And like, imagine what we might be talking about. Imagine the problems of the world we might be solving if we weren't talking about things like what we're eating, how many calories, being bad, being good, eating salad makes us good, eating pizza makes us bad, really. Let's change the conversation in all ways. Okay, so um, self-care, self-care is so important. And okay, so there's body, there is body-centered self-care, um, but like my, my, my patient, the uh, the queen of self-care that was that was grooming this is a little bit of a different kind of self-care um so for some people it means do, being physically active yoga running hiking going to the gym doing a class on on lululemon studio <laughs> that's my favorite um whatever it is that like makes you feel active and going i love the boxing classes so good um uh and 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 these activities are good because they not only improve your physical health, they also are an outlet for stress, for tension, and we can clear our minds and we can focus in the present moment. But I should say one caveat to that. Often people will say, well, I was really upset. I was really upset at my you know, partner. So I went and ran. I went and I took a run or I, I, I took a long bike ride and um, and I'm still upset. How is that possible? So the reality is that when you're upset and you go do something physical, yeah, you are discharging the physicality of the emotion, but not the thoughts about it. You're not you're not um, you're not releasing or working through what it means to you. You, it, you know, it, it's like it's one thing to be I'm like like I'm so mad. Ugh! Right. That's a physical release. But that doesn't let out, oh, I'm mad because of this, and this, what it means to me is that, and this is so upsetting, and all of those things. So don't, uh, don't mistake the physical release of the tension of the feeling for the emotion, the, the thought, the, the mental part of it. Um, Marty is saying diets and food plans 
our distraction from her emotions as much as food is. Dieting is socially acceptable, unlike overeating. Yeah, but uh, it just keeps you in a cycle of dieting. And so instead of distracting from your emotions or the thoughts that create that emotion, both, maybe it's time to learn a different way of coping. You know, there's, you know, there are two ways of dealing with feelings. One is to distract from them and binging is one way of distracting. And this is why often people will say, well, you know, I was told that when I want to binge, I should brush my teeth or wash my, walk my dog. I guess you can wash your dog too, or, you know, go on a walk or whatever. Those are distractions, but you know what, if they, or take a, oh, take a bubble bath. One person said, if bubble baths worked as well as binging, I would be like always a, like, I would be an entire like prune body. I would be always submerged in the water. They don't work as well as binging, which means they ultimately don't work. It That's a distraction. Ultimately, you've got to learn new ways of being with yourself, of coping with those feelings, of processing those, those feelings, identifying the thoughts and the feelings and processing them. That's the key. And identifying is different from processing. Identifying is, oh, you know what? I'm really upset. Processing is, and it's upset. I'm upset because of this, this, and this, and I'm really upset. And this is what it means to me. And, mm, and you let it go. You let it out. And then you've got to validate, acknowledge, and reassure yourself. It's not enough to just go, Bleh. then you've got to say, yeah, of course I feel this way. How could I not? You've got you to comfort yourself with words. Kara loves going for a swim. That's awesome. But and that's a wonderful thing to do for yourself. That is great self-care. Um, so m- maybe the next time you feel like turning to food, uh, you can think about you can think about swimming, but you can also think about what is it you want to release in the water. Uh, I had brain surgery as a child, and while I'm awake trying to sleep, most awful things seem to crash into me. Um, jumpy, nervous, and awake. So this is why I really recommend the Calm app, Sleep Stories. Uh, one reason that people turn to food is because they cannot be with themselves. If you cannot be with yourself, if you cannot recognize, oh, I'm feeling this, let me express it, let me comfort myself. It's so scary to be. This is why nighttime eating is such a problem. During the day, we're busy, we're doing things, we've got stuff on our mind, we're interacting, we've got, we're focused, we've got a lot going on. And then at night, that's why binge eating is a problem because at night, suddenly you don't have so much to do. Now you're alone with yourself. You might feel jumpy. You might feel uncomfortable. Y- icky, yucky thoughts and feelings might sort of creep in. But before you can even be aware that they're creeping in, hmm, what's in the kitchen? Right? So if it's hard for you to be, it's hard for us to be with ourselves at night while you're learning to be with yourself, I highly recommend the Calm app, Sleep Story. It's like literally a bedtime story that someone tells you. So you focus your mind on that and you don't you don't go into the scary thoughts. 
Uh, Kara, am I saying, are you saying we need to challenge our thoughts? We need to identify, we need to identify our thoughts and express ourselves. So it's identifying what it is that's going on and then express that. So, oh, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm lonely because uh, I live in a family where people don't really get me or I live, or I'm living alone and I don't have a partner and I, my friends are all married with kids and I feel really bad and, and, and upset and different and alone. And there's such a void inside me. And then of course I feel that way. Who wouldn't feel that way given my circumstances? It's really hard to be alone. It's really hard to have so much love in my heart and want to give it to someone else. And that other someone else is, I haven't found that person yet. That's really hard. Of course, I'm lonely. Of course, I feel bad. But I'm going to allow myself to feel lonely and to feel bad without feeling bad about myself. I'm not going to symbolically fill myself with food to fill that emptiness. I'm going to think about how can I change my situation? What can I do? I'm not always going to feel this way. Let me look at where I can feel empowered to meet someone. Right. So that's identifying it. That's identifying it and then expressing it and then comforting yourself um, with words. So let me see. Great app. Uh, Yeah. So if, if you have a hard time being, you know, don't force yourself to be. You have to learn how to do it. Right. You have to learn how to be. Um, and some people can be with themselves more easily than other people. Again, think of it as the marathon. You, you got to look at, well, what can you do? Don't force yourself to, I will be with myself if that is so uncomfortable. I'll be with myself for 30 seconds. Let me see what comes up. And then I'll turn on TV or something, right? Be gentle with yourself. Um, self-care can also be creative, you, you can, you know, like writing, painting, playing an instrument, um, engaging in creative activities. It allows us to tap into our imagination. It allows us to express ourselves in new and fun, exciting ways, fulfilling ways. It, it gives us fun. By the way, if you don't have enough fun in your life, food can also function as fun. If you don't have enough fun, food can be that fun. If you don't have enough me time because you're always taking care of everybody else, you know, in your job or your job as a mom or or your or your job and your job as a mom and you're you're doing this and running around doing everything for for everybody else where and you don't have any time for yourself and you feel guilty if you take time for yourself, sometimes eating is that time for yourself. So you got to really dig deep and figure out what's going on with you. Oh, I've got to read this. It's so beautiful. My existence is like a metaphorical paper snowflake. An existence is a pair of scissors. And after a million cuts, I become a beautiful snowflake, but a paper one that does not melt away. All right, you need to keep writing. You absolutely need to keep writing. I think being creative, tapping into your creativity is is so important. Oh, by the way, 
follow my husband. If, if anyone is interested in, in writing, uh, follow my husband on the right formula, the dot W R I T E dot formula on Instagram. Um, because he's, he's about to, uh, uh launch a, a really cool, helpful book and he's got a whole community for writers and community is so important. Okay. Then they're also, oh, I'm running out of time. Okay. Uh, relax. There are also relaxation forms of self-care like reading, uh, meditating. I, I hesitate to say that because sometimes meditation it puts you in that state of being. So guided meditation, because if it's hard to be with yourself, it's going to be hard to meditate. And then people have told me they feel bad about being unable to meditate. So now they feel bad about themselves. They feel bad about their feelings and they feel bad because they can't meditate. So give yourself a break, do a guided meditation, reading, whatever it is that makes you feel um, relaxed which helps you to unwind, reduce your stress, reduce your anxiety. Because when you're relaxed, you're you're less likely to turn to food as a way of coping with the intensity of life. Sometimes when we're all wound up and we don't know how to relax, food, especially eating a lot of carby things, um, has a sedative effect. It makes us relax. Um Kimmy is saying, I like washing dishes with hot water. That makes me feel like I'm meditating. Hey, Kimmy, come on over to my house. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know what? Me people hate meditating if they can't be with themselves. Oh, um, my my husband, his name is David Rocklin. Uh, his Instagram is the.write, W-R-I-T-E dot formula. And uh, you can also, uh, for, for those of you who are listening on LA Talk Radio, you can always shoot me an email or get in touch with me and I'll, I'll put you in touch with, uh, with, with him. So, so these are some tips. Remember, self-care, self-love, it is not a one-time event. It is a continual practice. It's really important that you make self-care a priority and that you set time aside for you on a regular basis. If you can show up for other people, you can show up for you. And that means scheduling self-care into your daily routine or dedicating a specific day of the week where you're going to do something that makes you feel better. And it means uh, relating and responding to yourself as you would a friend. It means being kind. It means being compassionate and it, it, it means being loving. For all the reasons that I've talked about today, this is an essential part of changing your relationship with food by changing your relationship with you. So take good care of yourself and uh, make self-love a priority today and every day. If you would like a deeper dive into some of the things that I'm talking about today, feel free to check out my book, The Binge Cure, Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating. It is available on, uh, on Amazon in every format, including audiobook where I read it to you. So, you know, if you, not that it's going to put you to sleep, but if you want to listen to something at night, listen to that. Okay, everyone. So, Thank you so much for joining me here on the Dr. Nina show, Outsmart Emotional Eating. I am live streaming on Instagram and you can also listen later 
wherever you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Dream Vision 7 radio station. Have a wonderful week. Take good care. See you next week. You're listening to The Dr. Nina Show with Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for joining the Dr. Nina Show. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Join Dr. Nina next time for more diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Find out more about Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland at drninainc.com. That's D-R-N-I-N-A-I-N-C.com. The Dr. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Sabelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem. It's what's eating at you. Be sure to tune in for diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life Flow.